Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Two chances today to win these Nickelback tickets that we're about to give out. The first, right now, we're going to give them away again at 6 o'clock before we get out of here on Grant and Danny. So without further ado, caller number 10 at 800-636-1067. You're winning a pair of tickets to go see Nickelback. They're Get Rolling Tours coming to town with Brantley Gilbert and Josh Ross. August 26th, Jiffy Lube Live. Buy your tickets now at LiveNation.com. Courtesy of Live Nation, our final pair of the week will be given out when we welcome our guest today onto the show at 6 o'clock, Darren Ravel. So looking forward to talking with him two hours from right now. If you don't win the tickets, you can call back then. Good luck to everyone. It is time for our Beltway Blitz. We'll be covering the NFL a little over a week from the Super Bowl with Benjamin Brown and the Commanders. Some news to discuss with Scott Abraham, but we start off on the hardwood. Dave Johnson's the voice of Wizards basketball over the radio. And Dave, tonight is an important night for the Wiz. They level up against a 500 team in the Trailblazers as they look for a seventh straight win. What do we think about the matchup? Well, uh, first thing, uh, there's so many things that make Grant and Danny a wonderful experience. But the fact that you could pay consultants, radio consultants, thousands of dollars. But I'm telling you right now, Fair Warning by Van Halen's an underrated album. And you play Unchained coming out of that break. And that is a wonderful experience that adds the Grant and Danny excursion. Look at Dave. No, I'm, I'm telling you guys, it's the little, it's the details. And you see, this is, this is a segue radio term. It's the details that's making this wizards team successful, not just on the six game winning streak, but you know, do the math, go back to around Christmas to now, uh, this team has been taking care of, of the small details of both ends, the metrics, the, the stuff, the, the, the people that are much smarter than me like to look at shows this team is, is trending in the right direction. The eye test that I see is, is a team that is, that is in sync with one another. Uh, I'll use words we all understand. They're just having fun. You know, Kristaps Porzingis, seven assists the other night. He can do whatever he wants to do on the floor at 7-3. He can be a point guard if he wants to be. We don't need him to be. We don't want him to be. But if he wants to be, he can bring the ball up the floor. 
so this this is a feel good time, and this is what you know. Let's face it, Wizards fans were hoping. Can you get to be February uh, close to the trade li- deadline feeling good, or are you going to be close to the trade deadline feeling like now what? Portland in town tonight. Very easier said than done situation here, Dave, but slow down Damian Lillard. I feel like that's uh, something a lot of teams have tried to do and they haven't really done so. Well, no. I, look, 30, 39 per, uh, points a game in the last 11, that, that's bananas. And what's what? And, and it's, I was talking about it with West Unsell Jr. Uh, we could talk about all the defensive schemes until you're you're blue in the face, and they're going to throw everything tonight at Damian Lillard. And, you know, West uses the phrase, junk him up. But we live in an NBA now where guys, their range is once it comes across midcourt. When Dr. James Naismith put up peach baskets once upon a time, there was no way that that was the design of the game of basketball. And so there, and I was thinking about this today uh, on my car ride down here, that, that you know, who's going to come up with, with a new defensive scheme. There are no secrets in the NBA. You know, offensive plays, pick and roll. It's all the uh, variation of, of, of the same themes. But who's going to come up with that, that defense that's going to work when you've got to guard a guy once he crosses midcourt? How do you do that? Uh, and and I, I don't have the answer. And 30 NBA coaches don't have the answer. So, you know, that's the problem. When, when a Damian Lillard comes to town uh, and, you know, the 39 points a game, uh, last 11. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. But, we're, but he's not the only one putting up those kind of ridiculous numbers. So, yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's going it to start at the, the point of attack, and the point of attack is once you cross midcourt. Damian Lillard is my favorite player to watch in basketball. I know for a lot of people it's become Luka. I think, you know, outside of D.C., the guy that I kind of like and root for is him. I just think he's ultra-entertaining. The flip side of that, the guy that I just am over and would love to be out of the news for a while is Kyrie Irving, who's coming, yep. uh, is going to be hosting the Wizards, I should say. They, they play at 6 o'clock, I think it is, tomorrow night. Uh, I'm just curious. You saw, like everyone else did today, he's requesting a trade. So he, he left Cleveland angry, left Boston upset, and now I guess he wants out of Brooklyn as well. What do you make of that? Well, what I make of that, I don't know him at all, and I don't know him personally, so this is not a personal situation, but... I, I just I, I what I can't wrap my head around or what I can't relate to and I don't think fans can can relate to it and I think it's what you're you're speaking to. This is a team that can compete for something right now. Right now, with him playing and he's talking about he wants to be somewhere else. I don't like that. I don't get that. When you're when when you were we all played sports, probably everyone listening played some kind of level of sports. In the middle of a season, you didn't think, well, you know what, I, I want to go to that rec council across the street. We can't relate to that. And, and when you're, you're Kyrie Irving or whoever's advising him, you feel like you're in a position of power. All of a sudden you can say, well, yeah, I, I don't really like it here anymore. I don't know why I like, don't like it here anymore, but I want to, you know, the world is flat and I'm going to go someplace where I'm not going to fall off the edge of the world or whatever. I, I, no, <laughs> I can't relate it and, and to, to it at all. And, and I, I am tired of it i i want people uh and i think we all want players that say look i want to be here and this is i'm going to flip this on 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 bradley beal as much as people have said well you know he's traded he's he's going out of town last year five years ago whatever he has said you know he wants to to be here and be a part uh of the solution so yeah that's that's one reason and i know this personally i know how he continues to interact on the plane, when he goes up and down the plane and gives everybody a dap from the front row 
to the, the back row, which, by the way, is where I'm sitting, uh, he is still committed to this, this Wizards process of trying to get it right. And that's what we as fans, that's what we like. We don't like this stuff where somebody says, eh, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, you want people that want to be somewhere. Just like I always want to be on the Grand Danny Show and the Beltway Blitz as long as you keep playing on chain. Let's go, baby. Dave, thank you as always. We'll have a great call tonight. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you, my friend. Hit that NFL sounder, please. At PFF underscore Ben Brown for our guest, Benjamin Brown of Pro Football Focus. Ben, early lean here. I can't can't escape this Eagles feeling that they're such a complete football team and they're going to win this game. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I am honestly with you on that. Obviously, you know, Patrick Mahomes, elite, you know, greatest quarterback in football right now, but the Eagles are just too much a house. I do think, like, in every single matchup they have outside of the quarterback position, uh, they're clearly superior. I think they can kind of establish their will against, uh, you know, a a somewhat middling Chiefs defense. I think that's going to be the great differentiator. So maybe we see, you know, a a vintage Patrick Mahomes comeback performance, but outside of that, uh, it's clearly Eagles, I would say, for my end. So if the Chiefs, though, are able to move the ball and score offensively, I mean, they normally the defense doesn't matter that much. I know pass rush can get home. We saw that happen against Mahomes in the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. I get where you're coming from, but if they're able to score, wouldn't Philly, who's kind of run first, have a hard time keeping up, don't you think? Yeah, and I do think that's kind of where we're going to need to see from the scripted play set. I do think the Eagles have been really good from you know a pass play perspective on this scripted? really scripted play. Is the scripted NFL play scripted? The first 15 plays. I mean, oh, that's, that's oh, the I got nervous. That's I, the feedback we're starting to get a little bit. But I, it might be. But at least you'd like to think the coaching aspects and kind of challenging some initial matchups and understanding where the defense are going to key in on is very much a part of that opening sequence of plays that they have. And, and if Philadelphia is successful through that, I think they're going to be successful offensively all game. And I, I do, you know, I still in some ways worried about the Patrick Holmes injury situation. If he can't kind of navigate the pressure situations, escape outside of the pocket, and, and buy time for this you know, offensive line, I, I think the Eagles are going to get enough stops to potentially run away with this one. So I'm, although I love Mahomes, I love the offense, I just don't know if the wide receiver injury situation is going to break correctly for them enough to kind of get some of those quick enough you know, separations that they're going to need. Ben, I'm just making sure I got this tweet right before I hit send. You said the le- the NFL is scripted, right? <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. Just make sure you take me in that. I got to get all the I got to get all the feedback I possibly can from that. So you get some clout, I think, as the as the young kids say. Uh, Benjamin, help me understand this. Why aren't people more urgent to fill their offensive coordinator roles? I it's it, this. I feel like this is unusual. Maybe I'm impatient now. Maybe I've kind of lost sight of it. But I feel like this is just taking forever. Yeah, and in some ways, you know, we, we still have the last couple of, you know, coaching, head coaching opportunities, and those still are very much going to need to get filled before the offense, you know, some of the offense coordinators. But I, I do think you kind of look at least to the Eagles side of things with Shane Sykin. Like, I think he's very much kind of the guy, you know, from an offensive coordinator position that kind of wants to move into the head coaching realm. And I think him, you know, falling off and potentially, you know, moving on from Eagles it is very much kind of the domino that everyone's kind of waiting for. We got to Miko Ryan kind of moving on to Houston, but. I, I do still think, you know, where these opportunities kind of land with offense coordinators progressing further into the head coaching role and then the gaps that are kind of being filled is very much the reason why we've seen, I would say, both coordinator positions potentially take a little bit of, of a backseat on a much slower process, I would say, throughout this entire, you know, interview and, and hiring cycle that we're in right now. Are you surprised that Sean Payton was interested in Denver? 
Um, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, obviously he got a majority of money. I do think, you know, working with a veteran quarterback who he, who he must believe he can kind of remake back to the points where Russell Wilson was really good. But I think the marriage is a little off. Obviously, it very much sounds like he wasn't their first option. Uh, and I don't think, he, you know, the Denver Broncos were anywhere close to his first option either. But, you know, they kind of got dumped at a few different points along the road uh, and very much kind of ended together. And I'm not sure that that marriage, you know, it, it is really going to be as bright as people are projecting it to be. Why right didn't now. he just sit out another year maybe for better jobs? Like he didn't have to take right. one now. Right, and, and that's the weird thing, and I do still think, you know, the Dallas Cowboys made too much sense. Obviously, something that was Mike McCarthy, and they did want to bring him back, but uh, I still think the Sean Payton element in Dallas, you know, there was way too much going on for that to be anything more than a rumor, so I am surprised kind of with you that, you know, he, he jumped at this opportunity in Denver because where he's been successful from a play calling and kind of remaking the quarterback, you know, in his own mold, it is very much not the spot that I would say Russell Wilson has been good at throughout his entire career. So it's an interesting kind of unique fit. We'll see if it actually works out. But uh, right now for my money, I-, I would still be pretty bearish on the long-term outlook for the Denver Broncos. Ben, thank you as always, bud. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Much appreciated, sir. Hit that commander sounder. All right, there's- Scott Abraham joins us, ABC 7 News, to talk about those commanders. Scott, it's a year since that, if I can editorialize for a moment, underwhelming debut on whatever the NBC show is on the mornings where they talk about like pie recipes and quiches, and they were like, we're the commanders, and that was sort of that. A year into this brand, how's it going? Um, I think it's like Switzerland. I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. Like, it's, it's been okay. It's had its ups. It's had its downs. Um, you're not going to please everybody. They went with the commanders. They, I liked some of the jerseys. I liked uh, Major Tutty, the mascot, uh, some other stuff that that, that was okay. Um, so I, I'm kind of indifferent. It it is what it is, and you just got to kind of proceed proceed accordingly. Something Danny and I were kicking around yesterday as we were just discussing one year of commanders football. If there is a new owner, let's say later this off season in the spring. Should the new owner consider changing the name, or would that be too many names in too short a time period? I mean, I had this conversation with a buddy, and listen, if I'm the new owner and I'm putting down seven, eight billion dollars, I'm going to do whatever I want with this asset. So I'm going to look at all things: people in the front office, coaching staff, the branding, the uniforms. What I want, I'm going to get. So. Would, could there be a new name? Could there be new mascots? I wouldn't put it out of the question because if I'm paying that amount of money, I am going to do what I want. So uh, I, I, I would, I, I think it could could happen certainly. So they've said they've let people know that Sam Howell's the guy, right? I think they were very intent on getting that word out. Scott, right? Whether it was through the assistant uh, offensive coordinator interviews, through folks in the media, et cetera, they're letting everybody know that's kind of the plan. Is it the plan? Plan? Or is it just the plan, and then if nothing else comes along, it was always the plan? Do you follow me? Like, if if Aaron Rodgers is available, I, I keep using that example. It's unrealistic. But if he is, or if Tom Brady wants to come back, then you scrap the plan. Or is this, like, what they're doing 100%? You follow? Uh, right. I, I mean, I, I think they're saying the right things. They're painting the picture. But we honestly don't know what's going really going on behind closed doors. It's going to be really hard to get a – very good quarterback to come here to Washington with a coaching staff that could be lame duck status with uh, 
a tradition of where quarterbacks come to basically die here in Washington. So unless you trade for a quarterback like an Alex Smith or Carson Wentz, a veteran type, you're not going to get a free agent quarterback coming here to Washington. It, it just doesn't happen because I don't know how appealing of a destination this is going to be. So what are you left with? All right, so Taylor Heineke, he's a big question mark. He's probably going to be walking out the door. You have Sam Howell left, and then what are you going to do? Go back in the draft to get another quarterback? I think their backs are against the wall again, and unfortunately or maybe fortunately, Sam Howell could be the guy under center in week one. We'll see what's going to happen in the offseason, but I remain in the belief I think it's going to be very hard to get a good quality quarterback to come here on his own without a trade here to Washington. Scott, what would you think of night one of the Pro Bowl coverage with players taking in water balloon tosses, long drives, dodgeball uh, competitions last night? I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all for uh, different evolving. Uh, I had a couple of laughs watching the broadcast. I actually just talked to Jeremy Reeves about an hour ago from Vegas, and uh, he's just enjoying the experience, chopping it up with his teammates, meeting some other guys. And uh, he, he was the guy with the GoPro going around. Uh, during night one, he's going to be taking part in the flag football competition on Sunday. So uh, it seems like a lot of fun. Vegas, you can't beat that city. They're having fun on the field, off the field. So I'm all for something different. And let's be honest, the Pro Bowl, the actual game over the past years, uh, hasn't been fun to watch. Scott, thank you as always, buddy. Have a great weekend. See fellas. Scott Abraham, Channel 7, Sports in Town. You can check him out there. That is your Beltway Blitz. There is a rumor and a report that Tony Romo was sat down by the executives at CBS before the start of this season to basically tell him to do less. Pick it up. Be a little less Tony Romo-y, I guess. He was losing his fastball, they felt like. He was doing an impression of Tony Romo, maybe. Do we agree that he has slipped as an analyst? We'll get into that next on Grant and Danny here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Stand in it. Guys are going to be around you for Mahomes. Heads up. Stand in the pocket. Fire under duress. On the pocket. On the run. To the end zone. It's caught. On his back. Valdez Scantling. To win big time games. Someone's got to do such special. What Mahomes just did right there. He knew he had to take it. That's Tony Romo with Jim Nance on CBS. They no longer have any calls this year because the Super Bowl's on Fox. But a story came out, and this is via, looks like a podcast that Andrew Marshan of the New York Post does with friend of the show, Jim O'Ran, uh, John O'Ran, rather, from a Sports Business Journal. Uh-huh. Tony Romo. Needs to study more, Marshan said on the Marshan and Oran Sports Media Podcast. He needs to be better prepared. As you move away from the sidelines, you need to do more work. I know CBS is aware of this. They tried an intervention last offseason. They knew. They anticipated this. That's a credit to them, the people in charge there. But it has not gotten better. Now, this has become a massive national story, this idea that CBS had what was called an intervention with Tony Romo. But the report that's out there is essentially that his performance has dropped off as an analyst to the point where prior to this season, CBS had to sit down with Tony Romo to try to help him be better or to said, hey, we committed to 10 years at, at you know whatever it is, $20 million a year. Let, let's figure this out. We need you as our number one guy to, to be great, and you're not being great right now. That is the report. For the record, CBS said that's not true. Right. CBS responded in kind and said, no, 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 we wouldn't characterize it that way. We're always meeting with talent to go over performance and, and things. Stands to reason to me. Sure. So we come at this differently because mm-hmm. you you don't like Romo as an analyst, and I do. I think this story is much ado about nothing, but I'm, I'm sure you disagree. No, I, I think it is a thing. Um, and, and one of Marchand's quotes was, there's kind of a fine line between unconventional and undisciplined. So here's what I think happened, and I want and I, and I want your opinion. The thing that made Romo, to me at least, so incredible in 2017 and 2018 is he'd look at the play before the rest of us did, see the formation. Jim, they love to run, I don't know, bubble screen out of this, and they get this look. It's a bubble screen. They love to run the counter against if they get a certain box. Here it comes, and he and that, that's what would happen, right? That's what made it special. You sort of dealt with the colloquial, oh, geez, like the kind of the squeals, the Roscoe P. Coltrane making an arrest type sounds. You got over that kind of stuff if it didn't bother you. That's what always bothered me. But you acknowledged the part of what made him great was that that preternatural, like intuitive sense of what was happening. He could explain it so well, et cetera. Here's what I think happened. This league changes so fast. 
The turnover is so incredible. Teams that were terrible when he was uh, when he just hung them up are now Super Bowl contenders. Jacksonville's in the postseason, a, a player two away. Cincinnati went from god awful to now knocking on the doorstep, and so on and so forth. So much is different. He can't just get by on all that base of knowledge that he had, and he could just walk into the booth without having done anything, know what everybody was doing all the time because he just seen it. I think that's gone, and I think. He's he had a or he needs to have kind of that come to Jesus moment where he can be more prepared to get that sort of sense back because now all it is is the kind of colloquial sort of aw shucks here we go this is the play Jim here we go and it's worn stale without kind of that incredible genius that he displayed his first couple of years. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, so a few things I guess. Number one, I don't think he he is underprepared ever it, from my viewership and what I watch. I was really surprised to see that critique. If you don't like his style, I totally get that. It's not for everybody. He's super unique in how he calls a game. If you don't like his energy, which is very, very obvious mm-hmm. and over the top is probably strong, but it's, you know, he's going to hit you in the face with energy, right? As you said, there's a lot of sounds and there's like he's living and dying on every play and there's a ooh, ah, ooh, ah, yeah. If you don't like all that stuff, and it's not for you. I I get that completely. I've never once watched the broadcast he did and felt like he was unprepared, where he didn't know the, who the players were, where he didn't have a good backstory on a player. I, I've just never thought that. So I, I thought that was like an unfair criticism, frankly. Um, well, here's what I think is happening. I think he is unique and different. Unique and different is bashed. And I think people are bashing him. I, I don't think there's much hmm. more to it than that. Um, I don't know if you're saying he can't predict plays like he did before because the league has changed. I categorically disagree with that. Now, I think he has stopped predicting plays to some extent. He still does it a little bit because he shouldn't be predicting plays. Like I always thought that was the worst part about what he was doing. I know every he got a lot of attention and credit and people loved it. But like telling us right before the play, they're going to run left here. A is not your job. I guess there was some novelty to it. or well, That's well, not pe- for people me. People were blown away by it, is, is the point. He got all this acclaim because he was doing that. Agreed. And I, for the record, I think most commentators can do that who played in the NFL for a lot of years. I would say if you're a quarterback, and uh, in his case, you're a really sharp guy, you might be better at it. But like if, if you sit and watch a game with Logan Paulson and, and you show him a bunch of concepts or whatever and, and he studies the film, and then you go to a son, he'd say, okay, we're, we're going shotgun. They're, they're throwing a bubble out to the right here, whatever. Like, that wasn't that crazy, but everyone was just so stunned because no one had done it. Right. And I think the reason no one had done it is because that's not your job. Like, picking the play before it happens, predicting they're going to run left, you know, look out for the screen here. I think that there is some value sometimes in, in vaguely doing that. Here's my example. It's it's third and 15, and you might say something like, this is a dangerous situation for this offense backed up against the goal line. Might be a good time to just run a draw, punt, and, and live to fight another day. As a predictive commentary, uh-huh. uh, in a situation where you've you've just gave up a sack and it's like second and 17, and you're noticing blitz on the last four plays, maybe you say something like, hey, this team's pinning their ears back right now. Spags is bringing heat on every single play. I'd throw a screen here. Almost using the information you have as your own comment rather than saying, here comes the screen to the left. Like again, a nuanced thing. Mm-hmm. Some people may or may not care, 
But like, I think they have kind of cooled his jets on that, probably correctly, in my opinion. I'm just really surprised to see people say he's unprepared. I think people don't like what, what you've always kind of been bothered by, which is the, ooh, here we go, hey, hi, ooh, hi, all, whatever that is. Well, because without the, whether it's perceived or not, whether without that genius element where he's going counter trade to the left, bubble screen to the right, deep shot, deep cross, this, you know, this, without that, which we all agree is kind of gone now, whether you like that or not, it's now nothing but the other stuff, right? It's the squealing, it's the colloquial, it's the, here, the, this is for the season, Jim. This is for your whole life, Jim. This is for the millennium, so, Jim. So that right? stuff, I think, too, he can tone down. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of, you know, th- this is the play of the game four or five times, if that makes sense. Yep. Or, like, season's on the line here where it may be. Sometimes it may not be. But either way, I don't know that we need to say that right there every single time. Like, sometimes it's okay just to let the crowd, the energy the, the intensity of the moment with the quarterback barking a cadence before a fourth and six do the talking for you. So I think there are really fair critiques with Romo, mm-hmm. legitimately. It, it's a job where no matter who does it, everyone hates everyone who does it. They just do. Yeah, it's it's a um, it's it's so easy to bash. People them. can't stand Collinsworth. They can't stand Michaels. They can't stand uh, Joe Buck. The, the, if it, it, one of my favorite lines from the movie American Gangster, which is one of my favorite movies ever. You can be successful, and you can have enemies, or you can be unsuccessful, and you can have friends. Everybody loves a color commentator who isn't on the A-team, you know, what have you. Like, right now, Greg Olson is, people enjoy Greg Olson. When Greg Olson's in your face and the guy and, and a huge name, people will hate him, too. You could be rich. You could be successful. You could have enemies, Frank. You could be unsuccessful. You can have friends. If you're on one of these big broadcasts, if you're the face of a network, People are just going to drag you on Twitter all the time. And I think that's mostly what happens with Romo. Did CBS have an intervention with him? I highly doubt it. Did they have a conversation with him where they're like, hey, here's some things you should work on? Of course. I would like to think so. If you're paying someone $30 million a year, you probably do that. I would like to think Fox has a conversation with Troy Aikman about what he does well and doesn't. Or now ESPN with Monday Night Football. But I would be willing to bet CBS is not concerned that Tony Romo is bad at this after it wasn't even two years ago he was the toast of commentary. I don't. I guess I just don't see what everyone else sees about how he's regressed. I just think it's piling on a guy people like a lot of people don't like because it's a job people don't like. But I will say this: I think there is an element of him having turned up the fader. Mm-hmm. On the Romoisms, yeah, the stuff they, they yeah they refer to as undisciplined. Right, well, there's a difference between being unconventional. Like John Madden was unconventional, outstanding. Well, he wouldn't be in this era though. If John Maybe Madden not. broadcasted in this era, he would be crushed by everybody all the time. So there, but the the distinction they draw is unconventional versus um, undisciplined, and I think that's what Romo has fallen into now more so than ever. But so I don't, I mean, it's not as if I've got a thousand audio clips I'm just going to play and we can compare and contrast 2017 right. to 22. But it's the feeling that I've had, certainly, is that this is now whatever the bad habits are, he's emphasizing and they've turned those up. Whereas they were always things that I found grating that like I felt like no one else noticed. So, so I now agree. this is always, this is all we're getting and it's in your face. So, I, and I totally agree with that. I think he has turned up the knob mm-hmm. where it was like a four. On the 
Ooh, Jim, ooh, here we go. Ooh, whatever that was. That's now a seven and a half or something. And if that is something that you hate, and I think a lot of people are, are annoyed by that because it's so different. It's not normal. Mm-hmm. It's campy. It's kind of grab your popcorn fun, right? That's not for everyone. That He does more of that. And if they want him to get rid of that in, in this person's opinion, because that's all any of this is. No one person is for everybody on broadcasting in, in any way. This show, any show. You listen to it, someone goes, God, how can anyone listen to Grant Paulson? That guy sucks. Oh, it's awful. And someone might go, Oh, he's that guy does his homework and he's informed. Like it's all opinions, right? Sure, it's all relative. So in Marshan's opinion, he's undisciplined. But he, but Marshan's talking to somebody, saying. yeah. So there's a well, source somewhere, and I'm sure it gets exaggerated. Okay, you're right. You, you could talk to someone at Odyssey who yeah, would say totally. that about me. Totally. Someone else might feel differently. My point is, it's that person's opinion, and, and I guess my point is, I do think he is doing some of that. Uh, I'm using the the term undisciplined, uh-huh. like that Romoism stuff. More to me, and this is where I still like him. I think he's good. I still learn when I watch. He's still smart. His points are really good. His analysis is good. Anyone who says he's undisciplined, I would just categorically, or not undisciplined, rather, unprepared, I would disagree with. You know, there was in the last game they did, I think, they may have done one after, but in that Bills Bengals game, I think it was. No, you know what it was? It was Bills Dolphins. Uh, he they, they were about to have a play on like a third and 18 or whatever when Skylar Thompson, who was at quarterback that day, mm-hmm. was playing for the Dolphins. And Romo said something as they were breaking the huddle, probably in a way that his delivery you probably wouldn't have liked, frankly. A lot of energy, you know, not clean, right? Hadn't been broadcasting for 30 years. But what he said was, the content of the point was, they need to be really careful right here. Don't ask this guy to be a hero on third and 18 and force this football down the field. He immediately threw a pick. Interception. And like that kind of feel for okay, the crowds in this game, the, the the wave is mounting against you. Like that's where he's still really really good. And it's me. not to say if you're critical of him that he's never made a good point or has never done anything right, not. but like to me the flip is that touchdown call we came in with. There it's a big players jump. Like did Pat Mahomes manipulate the safety with his eyes? Did he buy time by, you know, head faking this one way? What did the receiver do? What coverage was it? Greg Olson's giving you that while telling you that it's important, but it's now just Romo going, oh my goodness, I, I might faint and uh, jumper cables on my nipples. Like he's not, you know what I mean? Like the, your point is he he made a, he, he's, it's not like he never says things that are good. He still does, but it's it's way more of the like, Aw, shucks, I can't believe I get to see this in this in this high chair. Yeah, I think I learn more from him more than any other analyst doing it other than Greg Olson right now. And I don't even think it's close. Hmm. Collinsworth is not insightful most of the time. Uh, Collinsworth does a lot of the same things you're talking about Romo doing. The jumper cable nipples comment, like that kind of, oh, this is amazing here. There was a funny clip that went viral of Mahomes like throwing the ball right into the ground in front of him. And, and Collinsworth <laughs> talking about like, how incredible the play I, was. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Like, so I, I just, I think people look for what they want to see. And, like, I can watch a broadcast and you can watch a broadcast because I like watching them and you don't. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you're going to be annoyed by the bad stuff. Yep. And I'm going to turn up and accentuate the good stuff. But what do you guys make of this story that CBS might be worried about the trend for Romo? And, maybe I mean, again, the report was they had an intervention. I think that's a silly turn of a phrase for what probably happened. 800-636-1067, 800 
636-1067. You want to hop in? We got tickets to go see Nickelback. We're giving away at 6 when we're joined by Darren Ravel on Grant and Danny. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Turner's got a new job. We're going to tell you where he's headed, who he's going to be working with in just a moment. We'll do that this segment on Grant and Danny. Top of the hour. 13 teams have been ranked by quarterback attractiveness for the Commanders. Nine through uh, One through 13, they were ranked ninth. We've got some thoughts on that, and Eric Edholm's going to join us to break down the NFL Draft Senior Bowl this week is where he has been putting his boards together. So we got a lot of questions for him. 800-636-1067 is the number. We've been talking about Tony Romo as an analyst. Report that CBS was worried about his regression and, and had an intervention. Are you buying that? Disco's and Laura. What's up, Disco? Hey, hey, happy Friday, guys. Hey, buddy. So, you know, I, I like a little entertainment and as bad as most people. I actually like Collinsworth. Um, but Romo, like, he, it was Bengals, I think it was Bengals Bills. And he was like, oh, Jim, here we go. This is for the game. I'm like, bro, it's the third quarter. What are you talking about? <laughs> so, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a little over the top. But like I told, the, you know, the, the producer, it depends on what you like. Some guys like a teaching type of analyst, like an Olsen, like a Moose Johnson. Other guys like an in between, maybe a Collinsworth, but you know, other people like, you know, high, you know, hyperbole at the sports bar type of guy. I think I do think Romo is beginning to a bit, and I, I hate to use this word, but bastardize the job. Like, bro, be a little bit more prepared. You know, give us some. Tell us the obvious. Tell us what we can't see. For example, if it's a if it's a long, if it's a bomb. Then tell us, hey, Jim, you know, yeah, we saw the bomb, but I want you to take a look at this block by X player. That's what I'm looking for. See, I think he does that. that that's what I. That's my surprise, I guess. Because what, what I think happens, though, is, and this is crystallizing it for me, I think his over-the-top stuff, like, drowns that out. So people, like, can't get past the other stuff, maybe, or don't remember the good stuff. And to that point, and I would say this if I was advising him, he should turn that all down anyway. Hmm. You know, but I call it campy. I don't have a better word for it. You know, you think of like a movie where it's a campy movie. It's yeah. kind of fun, right? It's a 
you, know, you just get popcorn. You know what you're getting. It's an it, it's a equalizer with Denzel Washington. It's a good action flick. It's no not winning Oscars. Like I I know what I came for. I think he can just turn all those faders down some, and then people will will acknowledge or or see or hear the rest of the stuff more often maybe. But I I think what we are all agreeing upon it sounds like is there's too much of the here's the ball game. Yeah, the the super over the top sticky. Type type behavior. It, it does seem like he's really happy to be there. Which yeah. another comment in that uh, analysis I saw from the New York Post was like it seems like he's um like he doesn't care about the game or he's not that interested in being there. I don't know how you could get that out I of Tony Romo. Yeah, I think it's the opposite of that. Like it's it's way too extreme the other way to me. Like like every play is the biggest play that's ever happened. No, it's not. Right to me, my my perfect. And again, you're you're 100 right about Eye of the Beholder. I love Charles Davis, for example, not just because because he comes on the show, but you can tell that he's so enthused about these things. I want you to watch this play. I want you to watch this young man, like the unsung hero, the pulling guard, or the tight end that with with the wham block that freed the running back, or you know the the blitz pickup, what he did with this play and that play. You find he finds so much joy in that without squealing, without ooh GMO, like it's it's just so wonderful. It's just such football intelligence who sees the thing super quickly and delivers it to us. Big play happens, the call is finished. Here's how we got here. I whether it's fair or not, and I think you would probably argue that it's not fair. It doesn't feel like Romo's as prepared as before. He may be. He may be as encyclopedic and incredible and 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 that, that database may be perfect. I'm not saying he doesn't, like, doesn't know the players' names. Like, if I got dropped in to, to call up a, a college basketball game in an hour, I'm like, I don't know what the opponent is, but I, I bet you he does a good job. Like, that would you would tell. He knows who everybody is, but there was that encyclopedic computer spouting thing in addition to the to the zeal which which took the league by storm. People loved the guy. Well, well but, but not every... I mean, he got crushed for that, too. Like, it was different, so yes, it may it was what he was known for. Mm-hmm. It was his calling card, and people uh, commended him for it, and a lot of people bashed him for it. And I think it went away largely because a lot of people, I didn't go hard in the paint, but a lot of people felt like I did where they said, dude, you don't have to do that. And I know a lot of people, Joan, players or whoever, saying all of us can do that. And I remember a lot of analysts coming out and being like, yeah, that's not that special, actually. It's not what, it is not the flex you guys think it is <laughs> kind of thing. I don't know if that's why it went away, or maybe someone just got in his ear and said, "Hey, we don't we don't need that. Let's react to plays. Let's not preview plays," which is kind of the job in that role. I'm not sure, but I wonder if he heard that criticism, if he'll hear the new criticisms now of people saying, "Hey, man, it's a little too much for me. Maybe just scale it back a little bit." The pre-play squealing, <laughs> we yeah. can just do away with that. But, but here's what I will say though: we do not live in a society where people update their file or change their opinion. You know, he's not win- like you'll. I'm not just saying you, but, but uh-huh. as an example, you're never going to like Tony Romo. Three years from now, if he changes a bunch of things, you're not going to say, you know, I really like Tony Romo now. He's gotten a lot better. People may have their opinions, they form their opinions. You're in, you know, that you're on their team or they're not. And then they move on. So I don't know if I would spend a whole lot of time if I was him trying to win people over. I think people either like you or they don't. Like no one who five years ago was bashing Chris Collinsworth because he got in the lab and really tweaked some things subtly, is going to change their take on him. What I would do, though, is listen to the people that matter in the at the network or, mm-hmm. or maybe talk to some other Trained people. Trained pros, yeah. Like Charles Davis, like Collinsworth, whoever else, and get it to a, maybe an Aikman, who, who everyone seems to really like, 
And I think he just says the most obvious things in the world all the time. Just I agrees think, with Joe. I think he's just so pedestrian. But people love Troy Aikman because it's it's not unique. There's nothing interesting yeah, it's about it. It's very safe. So if it's just safe, you can kind of escape the criticism. It's probably a happy medium where you don't have to be as boring as Aikman, but you also don't have to be so different and, I guess the word they're using is undisciplined. Undisciplined, yeah. That it's so noticeable and grates on people. So for, for me, for, it's interesting you mentioned Collinsworth. He's actually grown on me a little bit. I feel like because there's less, like, you guys, Sean Lee breathed. Like, there's less of that. You think he, there's less of that? I feel like there is. I mean, there's videos that go around every, uh, what is it, Thursdays, Sundays, whatever night, Sunday night? Sunday and Thursday? Of him just Wednesday? fawning over whoever the player is that night. I mean, it, again, the, the Patrick Mahomes video was hilarious from a couple <laughs> weeks ago. Was where, it was it was it a meme or was it real that Mahomes no, actually it was, that, too, it was real it was a real one but like yeah I, I think that's the book on him maybe you don't hear it as much but he gets killed for that every week the, the yeah it's not Sean Lee anymore if you if you're saying that that's I guess true. that's my main focus that it's, it's not Sean Lee but it's, like it's it's whatever the quarterback on the you know on the home team is as basically. soon as the run is done he's like watch this and he he already has the this it's the block it's the guard that pulled it's the center that did this reach block it's yeah. it's whatever he does that really which I well. love uh, do you think they had an intervention I don't think it's an intervention I think that's too strong of a word I bet you they said hey we'd like you to improve some things yeah, and fix I, this man yeah and I think there's I think there's some strife over that but I don't think it's the apocalypse here. I, I, I'm quite sure they'd like him to improve some things. You're paying him that kind of money. Yeah. You should stay in his ear a little bit and say, hey, here's what we think now. Hey, this is the new way we want you to go. <laughs> right, yeah. And he should say, you got it. <laughs> I'll see you on Sunday. He's Danny. I'm Grant. You're listening to The Fan. Darren Ravel is on the show at 6 o'clock at that time. We got a couple of tickets for you to go see Nickelback. Next, let's get some draft thoughts from a draft expert live on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.